Two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni you're putting powder no 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 Mac- macaroni as you call it is a substitute for KD god. <laughs> oh my god go to go to Italy if you ask open some fucking no, 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 craft no, no, no. dinner no, no, no. if you ask any Canadian would they rather have KD, they will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every week, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great one. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize But listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. 
I know Oshie, Beck, is Berglin, J. Bo, Perron, Petro, Steiner, Allen, Tarasenko, Gunnarsson, Bennington, Edmund, Shen, Stastny, Elliott, Fabry, Shattenkirk, O'Reilly, Schwartz, Reeves, Yarrow, Barber, Sheparenko, Dunn, Langan, Bruner, Apportuzzo, Cole, Yakovo. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. A team from old St. Louis, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. So give me a we went blue. The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Thank you, Tom Calhoun, and hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin, less controversial than the Kraft Dinner, along with my co-host, the man called Wags. And Wags, how's it going, bud? Oh, it's going great. A little jealous of that toque you got on there. That's a, that's a pretty nice one. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's very cold here in St. Louis this week, in case uh, you're not from around uh, the city right now. My phone is currently showing 16 degrees and it is two o'clock in the afternoon when we are doing this. So the sun's out. This is the heat of the day. 16 degrees. It's cold. It is cold and I don't like it. Wags. I moved here to St. Louis, so I didn't have to deal with the cold weather anymore. What the hell? Did, did you not research St. Louis, man? Because that's all it is. It's 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 basically indecisive mother nature it's either really cold really hot somewhere in between and you can get everything in the same day i mean i, I remember uh one april where we had you know sunny then rain then cold then snow all in one day in april i grew up in i grew up in south county arnold imperial i am aware of the you know bipolar nature of st louis weather 16 degrees though is not frequent and and we're not going to be in this pattern for just a day the whole damn week wags on the whole damn week it is and we're going to get some snow this week too so that that's the one thing i think that'll make it at least a little palatable is the fact that we're getting so if it's going to be cold at least give us snow yes it keeps and traps the cold down here a little bit longer but at least you know it it feels like there's a reason for it to be cold if there's no it's snow and it's just bitterly cold screw that and none of that sleet or ice that we like to get here no. in St. Louis. None of that. Thankfully, uh, drove home from Edwardsville uh, Saturday night, and it was just starting to snow. It wasn't really sticking to the ground. It was most thankfully once it hit the ground, it turned liquid. Um, but it was really pretty, actually. It was really pretty to watch as we was going out of the of a Dollar Bean Center at SIUE, and just you know you had the snow, you know, with the you know with the lights shining on it. It was kind of a picturesque uh, setting. So I'll I'll accept snow when it's this freaking cold. But uh, beyond that. No, I, 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 I dealt with this kind of cold when I lived in North Dakota for over a year and we went over a month without it being above zero. So that's it gets so cold in, in North Dakota that it is almost mandatory that your car have a engine block heater. Do you know what an engine block heater is? I do not, but it sounds pretty uh, easily explainable. It is, it is very easy, easily explainable. So I had to take my Saturn to the local GM dealer and uh, put it in the shop for a day or two so they can install it. It's basically literally just a heater that it, it attaches to like the bottom of your engine. And then coming out of it is a cord that you actually you have to plug in your car every night, you know, in North Dakota when it gets that cold. 
Otherwise, your car ain't starting because once you once your once your car gets once it gets to like below like twenty degrees, your oil in your car starts to gel, and it just you need to keep your engine you need to keep your block warmed overnight. Otherwise, it just it just ain't happening. That uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to deal with that ever again. And, and you're talking about how picturesque it was. You know, I, I hopped in the hot tub last night when it was snowing. So in a hot tub, watching the snow come down. Look at yeah. me! I have a I'm hot good. tub. Freaking high roller here, <laughs> just casually dropping in the hot tub. You know, I, I I'm not saying it's mine per se, but uh, it, it's not mine. But it's the one I get to sit in. I'll put it that way. Well, I, I cuddled up next to my radiator, you know, inside my apartment, you know, last night. So I, it's not quite a hot tub there, you know, not as luxurious, but yeah, uh, it, it still keeps you warm. It did. It, and it keeps my cats warm. And that's what matters. So because they're people, too. <laughs> all right. We're now we, we were doing all this. First of all, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. Uh, usual spots. We're not we're not streaming this live on Sunday because there is a big game going on. I can't actually say what the name of that game is because they'll sue us. Um, so you're watching it. So we're just you're just we're just recording today, and um, we're still beating around the bush here because we don't actually want to talk about the subject of this episode here, and it is our never-ending Arizona nightmare wags. I I it, this is going to be a hard episode. I I don't want to talk about it because now now are we seeing them four times in a row? If this game against Minnesota on Thursday gets canceled, which it sounds like it might, it's gonna be six in a row, and that's a playoff series. That, that's almost a full playoff series. And I didn't want to see the, the the Coyotes in the playoffs this year at all, but now we're seeing them essentially in the playoffs during the regular season. I, I just I don't know if my my middle aged heart can take that this this time. If it's a six-game series against the Kings, great. If it's a six-game series against the Ducks, great. If it's a six-game series against the Sharks, great. If it's the Golden Knights, entertaining but fine. I can yeah. take it. Avalanche, maybe not so much, uh, but we play them well, so that's you know not too bad. Wild six games, sure. Arizona, if you're not a Blues fan, you don't understand how badly Arizona stuffs the Blues into a freaking locker every time they face the Coyotes. It is They are the absolute nightmare team for the St. Louis Blues in recent years. They have been outscored 38-23 to 23 since 27-18. They are, uh, the Coyotes have an 8-3-1 record against the Blues. This isn't, and this isn't a great NHL team by any, any stretch of the imagination. They, the Coyotes have some issues. Okay, they have issues from the organ, from the front office down to the ice level players that aren't living up to expectations. To the GM just saying, "I quit," you know, right before you know the the playoffs. I mean, it, this is a team that has some real fleas on them, and yet you know they they are Coyotes after all, so it's it fits. Um, but they just have our number for some reason. So what we're gonna do this week? We're going to talk to our friends, uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie. Uh, we had Corey Crenshaw on this time last week. Uh, we'll be talking with her and her co-host, Richie Flores, about the series and knowing them, Wags, God knows what else. Oh, it, it could go off the rails pretty quickly. But like we said, we don't want to talk about this series, so I welcome it. Yeah, exactly. And, and there there may even be a cupcake or two involved uh, 
for charity, but uh, it's well, all for charity. It's all for charity. I keep telling charity, myself that charity. That just keep saying that word in your head, and eventually it'll be fine. And we're gonna say that word in our head for a few more minutes longer because it is time for us to get our weekly recap wrap. It's week number four with Luke Widbin, and uh, he can encapsulate the last week better than we can right now. So Luke Widbin, take it away. Yes, we did it. We won two in a row. But not only that, we did it with Huso. Excuse my excitement. I know it's the Ducks, but for most of the first, we basically sucked. Anaheim scored on the second shot. A tip on net while Blaze sat in the box. This game looked like an ugly repeat until Billy made a save and the Blues found their feet. First it was Falk to Shen, then Blaze through traffic, then Shen again while on the man advantage. Now I know that Gibson plays goal for the Ducks, but they look more like Iceland after Colton's knuckle puck. So we got outshot and we didn't look great, but if you want a cup, you gotta win these games. Speaking of real slow stars, today was Groundhog's Day, so it wasn't surprised the game began the same way with the Coyotes in town. They scored the game's first goal when our guys on ice just watched a Vorak roll but before the first would end the crowd of 1400 roared because Goligoski fell and Hoffman actually shot to score the second Blues goal should be marked a dull content not just because of his mustache but the Moosefuck put on them as he wound through the defense and he cut to the crease a change up back and flip through the five hole was greasy it was so pleasing till they tied it back up yet another five on three and put Ray goes early flopped and put the Blues on top jumping into the play then a sliding stop by Bennington kept the score that way Kairou a beauty to O'Reilly Schmaltz a six on five goal. The Blues would get outshot again, but get a win from the Yokes. So we've learned our lesson about starting slow. Thursday will dress in red and fix all those woes. And how about no? They played even worse. Benner looked good early. The rest needed a hearse. The shot's 11-2 and Pitlick scored the first. Then we rolled out the red carpet for Garland to work. Schmaltz tapped in the second, but Connor got the third. After a great set by Benner, he went untouched through the circles. Ronta kept us at bay. It's whole career we've enhanced. But a late goal from Hoffman. Maybe we have a chance. Too bad Vince was gassed. Got worked three times the same play. With an empty net, Dvorak put it away. So is this recap over? Nah, that's the worst part. Cause we kept the goalie pulled and it ignited a spark. O'Reilly made it 4-2 at a minute 11. Then Hoffman again, but they just ran out of seconds. So it's time to move on and play another crew. What's that? Everyone has COVID? Oh man, we're screwed. So it's Huso again. Let in another bad goal. Blah, blah, blah. You've heard this before, but I know something you haven't heard. Robert Thomas scored. Maybe his fortunes have turned, but a cruel twist of fate takes him out of the game. The first period was better, but the rest was lame. Keller caught us flat-footed on the power play. Along with Schmaltz and Garland, we just can't keep him away. Sunquist blocked a couple shots. Shen got in a fight. Kemper made every save. The refs had a bad night. They called everything equally bad for both sides, so when the Blues were losing late, it wasn't a big surprise. Maybe we'll score six on five. The refs took care of that. Schwartz called with two minutes left. Chikrin empty net. This week is kind of a mystery. I doubt we play Minnesota, so let's lean into misery of six against Arizona. Once again, bravo, Luke Widbin, for that. By the way, he, he actually messaged me after he sent that, and he said, I know it's not my best work, which I, I thought was perfectly perfectly great for him but then he said well it's appropriate because the blues didn't do their best work last week either so that's that's only fair uh, a couple things i want to pick out there uh go ahead wax i, I say you know it's funny we, when we talked to him 
like one of the first times he said he's kind of modeled himself after Weird Al Yankovic. At the very end of that song, he sounded a lot like Weird Al Yankovic. He really did. He really did. I think he's really growing into the Weird Al mold, which, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's there's only one Weird Al mold out there. So, you know, he's he's definitely doing the job for us. By the way, congrats, Luke, for finding your uh, cutout. It is at Enterprise Center. That is his legit cutout, as you saw. So I tried looking for it, but they wouldn't actually, in the games that I went to from the suite, they wouldn't actually let us go down there. They were pretty particular about who could go where. But once they let fans in, they let fans kind of mill about down there. So to each his own. Um, but yeah, we, we found Luke Whitbin's cutout. We found Guy the White Blues. Uh, not, not guys. Uh, the Gerard, the yeah, Dutch Gerard. Blues fan. I get, you know, Hawaii, Dutch, tomato, tomato. Um, but yeah, I got to see, see his cutout as well. Glad to see uh, Gerard's doing well. Um, second thing I want to point out, he he brought up the red jerseys on Thursday. Can we just stop it with the red jerseys? Can we can we finally throw these things into the fucking fire where they belong? Because, the, 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 the yeah, those jerseys are fire, all right? They should be, they should be burning as we speak because they're terrible. And I am convinced they at least partially contributed to the bad play. Uh, I didn't actually get a chance to watch that game in its entirety, so I can't necessarily sit there and say. So your ret- so your retinas are fine. That's 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 yeah. good. Yeah, they that's they good. they were not burned into you know non-existence. Uh, I, I've I've been on record saying I like them. Uh, I think they looked okay on the ice. I wasn't you know disappointed in that. Uh, it definitely amplified the poor play that went on during that game. Uh, no question, it's just adding fuel to the fire. My question would would be to everybody that hates them, if the Blues would have gone out and put up a 6 nothing victory in that game, would the tune have changed? That, and that's that's the whole thing that gets me. It's like, you know, you have to either hate it or like it equally whether they win or lose. At least in your case, you hated them before they lost. You still hate them now. So I, I got to give you that. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to see it at least two more times this year, I believe. Uh, they, they've got scheduled to be t- two more games. So, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe you look at the schedule, find out when those games are, and and maybe maybe you got a, a college basketball game to work or something that night, and you just don't have to watch it. That's possible. I, I, that could be. Although, or I could do what I did Thursday night, and that is uh, turn the Blues hockey games into a Kurosawa film by watching them in black and white. You could do that too. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I found, I, I, found, I found that worked. You know, I mean, it made that made made the games palatable. I also saw Seven Samurai, which is Kurosawa's like pinnacle samurai film and then uh, it's on hbo max friday it's actually really good if you get a chance to watch it. it's really it's an older movie it's from the 1950s so it's not going to have cgi or anything like that like you know a star wars movie but yeah, but, uh, but the mandalorian john favreau is kind of modeled the mandalorian after kurosawa that's that right movie. so that's right. also ghost of tsushima has yeah. uh also takes inspiration from as well so good stuff there all better stuff than the Blues Coyotes from last week. So, um, and and then the, then, the, then the final thing I want to pick out of there is uh, we we uh, we're probably not going to get to this with uh, Corey and Richie, but Robert Thomas, the poor guy, has had a rough start to the season. Uh, he's already lost Mike Hoffman, his line mate. He's already he's playing up with uh, um, O'Reilly and Perron now. So, and of course, Bozak's hurt as well. So, Robert Thomas gets a hardworking goal. On Saturday, uh, shot, save, shot, save. And then he finally tucks it underneath Kemper, you know, from a tight angle. And you're thinking, and, and as Luke said, you're thinking, hey, is this his turnaround? Is he finally going to, you know, get with it? Broken thumb out four to six weeks. I would I would say, Wags, uh, can this guy catch a break? But it sounds like he did. 
Ooh, yeah, that. Oh. Yeah. Too soon, too soon. Too no, soon. You, you look at that, and we talk about the struggles that the, the Blues had on Saturday against the Coyotes. They went into that game with just 11 forwards, and then to lose Robert Thomas in the first period, that takes you down to 10. So, I, I mean, like, I understand why things just didn't gel on Saturday because the, I mean, Jake Wallman was playing forward. I mean, yeah. you have a defenseman playing forward – it only works for one in 25 defensemen that actually play that <laughs> position. So I, I under, I, like, I almost kind of sit there and sit back and go, I understand why Saturday's game went the way it went, and yet they still were in that game all the way yeah. to the very end. So I'm going to take that kind of as a positive in a sense. Uh, yeah, we're, we're losing a, a very good playmaker in Robert Thomas. Yes, Tyler Bozak is still out, but we've touted this Blues team on their depth leading up to this season. This is an opportunity for them to have guys come up and actually show what they are made of. And this is what the taxi squad is all about. So this might be a blessing in disguise. And the fact that the team still was in these games, even to the very last whistle. Yeah. Might at least be partially optimistic. Yeah. There, there is some sign of hope and uh, you know, Barubi got on his team after Friday's loss, you know, calling them, you know, a bit lackadaisical, although he didn't actually not call out any particular player. Um, he just kind of noted that it has to come from inside each individual. So uh, after calling out his team for being lackadaisical, then after sat after Saturday's game, uh, Ruby said the quote, I just think we're tight. I think it looks like we're going out and playing tight. It looks like we're not playing with much confidence right now, which I believe uh, Ryan O'Reilly echoed himself. And when you play like that, you don't feel good and it's hard to get going. And we just got to relax and play. They're a good team. They've got good players. And I think we just got to all take a deep breath and relax. And I think that's kind of a good point because when, when you were, I, I was able to watch bits, bits and pieces of the Saturday game. And it just, they, they looked like a team that just was not confident at all, at all out there. And, you know, like if you remember the movie, uh, The Natural, you know, with, with Roy Hobbs, you know, you had the, uh, uh, shrink coming in, you know, talking about how losing is a disease and losing is addictive and just and just going on and on. And, and it felt like that with the blues, you know, just it, whenever you go on a streak it just losing kind of gets in your blood and you just after a while, you just don't feel like you do anything right. No, and because Arizona is a team that the blues have struggled with the last couple of years, it's not so much that they were losing this year. It was more of that. Hey, we, this is the one team that everybody's talked about that we have so much struggle beating. So it's not even so much that they were losing because they won the first game of the series. So it's not like they were continuing to lose to them. It's just that mindset of this is the team that, that really plays us tough, plays us hard, plays a similar style. It's that mindset. Like you said, it's addictive. It's something that controls you. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And I think they really need to have, like a big statement win. And I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of momentum or statements or things like that. I don't necessarily believe in all of that, but sure. I, I do think this team needs that, that game where they go. Yeah. We're the former Stanley cup champions. We are a much better team. We have a lot of talent. We've got great goaltending. We are the best team. They need that kind of game to kind of reassess themselves against the coyotes. And it's very possible. They do that. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, maybe, maybe tonight, Monday, Maybe they do that, but it, it's hard to turn that around after the last couple of years. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And really what the Blues really need, they need a, at least one period 
where they have sustained pressure, sustained chances. They need to make some really nice passes to goals. They need to be they need to be shown that yes, they can do this, and it's actually fun and easy, and they have the talent to do that because the talent's there with this team. And I and I and I I really strongly believe that the Blues they're still second in the West. You know, they're there because they're a talented team, but I feel like they're getting a buy on that talent a little bit too much, and they need to start playing with confidence and also just you know, and some players just. I, you can see the effort level is different on some players versus others. Like Sunquist, I thought had a really good game Saturday, you know, busting his ass. Justin Fall continues to play well. Tori Krug plays well. But then there's other players you look at, Zach Sanford, that um, are having some major confidence and consistency issues right now. Um, Vince Dunn, excuse me. Um, and uh, they, they need they need to get it together. They need to get it together hey. quick. Otherwise, they'll be traded. I want to get that that uh, that sneeze looked at. That that sounds uh, a little. It's rough. done. Excuse me. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. What so, sucks? Excuse me. Hey, hey. You know what? Everybody was getting super high Mike on Vince Dunn. Excuse me. Mm, sorry. Everybody was getting so high on Vince Dunn after that benching. He came out. He had some good. I mean, he's got five points in eleven he's, games. Yeah. His offense is not in question here. It's, it's his defense. defense. It's always been the defense, and I, I've told this, pe- this to many, many people. I don't think he makes it even to the trade deadline i think he's gone well before that uh that would be the absolute latest i would see him in a blues uniform is the trade deadline i just don't think he's going to stay in st louis no matter what he does because that defense has been the question mark for his entire career here yeah i was able to tweet one time saturday while i was at edwardsville um about done uh, it, was, it was on the first arizona goal that chikrin scored and who's kind of let you know sneak inside the post Dunn just kind of made a really weird kind of almost like an Olay lunge, you know, towards Chikrin, but he was, you know, nowhere. He could, I felt he could have done more to prevent Chikrin from getting a good shot. He just didn't do it. And I thought he left, you know, who's out to dry once again. And there was a couple comments on there and it kind of highlight after that, it kind of highlights the division there is with Vince Dunn, because when you look at his analytics, you think Vince Dunn is a just a you know the next Paul Coffey waiting to happen here. I mean, he's his analytics and his numbers look good. And when he's on offense, he passes the eye test on offense. I mean, he he is a, definitely an offensive talent, but you see the blunders, you see the blown assignments, you see the uh, mispositions, you, you you see all these issues with Vince Dunn pop up, and then you're reminded why he is not ascended from the third pairing on the blues. I mean, he has, he's got some players in his way. Don't get me wrong, but he's been a part of this blues team for, this is his fourth season. Now his fourth full season. And it's like, you would have wanted him to see him progress a little bit more than he has. Um, but I think those analytics and the reputation that Dunn has, maybe not so much watching video, but just the rep he has, I think the blues will still get something nice for him if they trade oh, yeah. him. And actually, it wouldn't surprise me if he and Sanford went in a, in a package for like an upgrade somewhere, be it a forward or a, maybe another defenseman. Although I think the Blues have more defensemen they can shake a stick at right now. So literally. Yeah. Um, so so we'll, we'll see what happens with Vince Dunn. Um, and then, then the other issue that I, I think really has been kind of dogging the Blues, and I feel it's not just the Blues, but around the NHL. Is it just me or is the NHL refs really whistle happy this year? Oh, they are, and I was gonna. I, I kind of went off on my uh, my other show last night about this, uh, yeah. like how they were the refs were terrible, blah blah blah. And then I stepped back and I, I got to remind myself. I told myself 
just a week or so ago that we were essentially wrapping up the preseason after that second week of the of the season. Now we're in the first full two weeks of the quote unquote regular season. And if we look yeah. back at every other regular season, the first month or so of the season, you see a lot of calls. Basically, refs trying to assert their dominance, kind of figure out what the flow of the game is going to look like for the entire season. Yes, you're going to see a large amount of penalties being called. And that's exactly what you're seeing right now. It's Yes, it's a condensed season, so everything else is condensed. So yeah. the first two weeks of the regular season were, in my mind, the preseason because you had no preseason games. Now you're in the first two weeks of the season, which is probably the first month of a regular season. So you're going to see a lot of refs making calls. It's when we get into that first, uh, at the end of the first month, when we get into month two, when you get into mid-February or into early March, if you're still seeing this kind of whistle-happy refereeing, then I think we can start making some complaints. But right now, it's it's still just about the rest getting into rhythm, figuring out how this how it's, everything's going to flow, integrating the new rules. and I mean, there's a lot of things going on. So it pisses me off because there were some terrible calls yesterday, but I'm also trying to talk myself down at the ledge as well, going, <laughs> look, it's going to be okay. The Blues yeah. are going to figure it out. The power play is going to get back on track at some point. You got new guys, new coach, new system. It's going to be okay. Talk to me in a couple weeks after we're a month into the season. If things haven't changed, then I might be on the ledge ready to jump. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I watched the hockey guys uh, recap of Saturday's game on YouTube. And Shannon, you know, in case you don't know who he is, he's a guy that like reviews every single game in the NHL. He is a really good hockey mind. You know, he has a lot of historical facts. And he, he, he's very educated. He knows the game. And he set aside the Blues Coyotes game from his like he usually does like one big recap video of all the action. He set aside the Blues Coyotes game and during the whole video, he had a hockey stick in his hand and he was explaining how hard it must be to be a defenseman in the NHL nowadays because everything that the NHL is calling is stick penalties, stick yep. infractions. But yet they won't call cross checking like you can stand in front of the goalie and the defenseman can just jam you in the back repeatedly with a stick. And that you never a penalty, no ah, call, nothing. Not you take one hand off the stick, push a guy from behind. Exactly, exactly. And it's like you know, if, if the hockey guy who's again usually pretty, you know, kind of plain and straightforward, gets animated about something like this, there's a problem. Yes, there is a major problem, and you know, we'll see if that gets fixed or if this is just a new normal, which. That's going to suck because it's going to I think it's going to hurt the game of hockey overall. I mean, I I he kind of almost had a conspiracy theory, too, that uh, maybe they're calling more penalties. So there's more power play situations and therefore maybe more scoring chances and more entertaining hockey. You know, I, I don't know if the NHL is that desperate for ratings to where they would actually like almost rig the game in that favor. But it does kind of make you wonder, doesn't it? A little bit, a little bit. I, I don't think uh, Gary Bettman's that's smart, but he has other guys working for him that are smarter. So it's, it's possible. I, I don't see that being the case, but yeah. if it came out that that was what was happening, it, it wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me either as well. So um, we'll see what happens here. By the way, there is no tin foil in this uh, hat of mine here. So we're not going to start pitching conspiracy theories here. This is not Alex Jones. You know, after all, this is Tom Franklin and Wags doing a hockey podcast for you here. So, um, and also we have a guy, the Hawaii blues fan who is standing by. He is at, uh, let me get the name right of it real quick. The Pacific aviation museum. And he is hanging out with some STL made, Blue Angels today. Uh, here is Guy the White Blues fans' Aloha Commentary of the Week. And now, from Honolulu, Hawaii, via St. Louis, starting in the Pacific Ocean, 
Guy the Hawaii Blues Fan. Welcome to the Blue Notes Pod. I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report and head writer on stlfanreport.com, and this is my Aloha commentary. As you can see behind me is a former Blue Angel. This is the F, the Eagle F-15E. Um, I think it was actually made in St. Louis at the time. Uh, it's now been retired, and as you can see, its wings are clipped. Why am I here? Well. The Blues wings are clipped right now, too. The game against Phoenix was, I, 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 you know, as soon as Thomas got hurt, it felt like they were deflated, and they played that way. Um, now we know that Thomas is out for six to eight weeks with a broken thumb, and the Blues are just discombobulated, as Luke Corrick said in his article. And I agree, they are. Uh, right now, they need to do some deep, deep, deep inner thoughts and figure out where to go because they got to play three more against Phoenix and one against Minnesota, maybe. Uh, three of those games are on the road. Going to be tough. You got to remember something. When you look at the standings, don't look at points. Look at point percentage, because that is going to come into huge play. And if you want to know why, it's because COVID has struck our division heavily. Currently, the Blues are the only team, the only team without a player, or the only team in the uh, West, East, and Central that do not have a player on the COVID list. Canada has been pretty lucky with that, too. They don't have, I think there's a couple of teams up there that don't have anybody on the COVID list. Give credit where credit's due, but COVID is making its way around. There is a thought process that the West games are getting canceled so the teams don't have to play the Blues at less than full strength. Nah, I'm not buying that. And the reason I'm not buying that is because there are seven different ways to get into the COVID protocol. Seven different. I think the games are being canceled when players 
are positive. Now, if you remember, the first game against the Knights, the coaches had a positive, not the players. The second game got canceled when Alex Petrangelo tested positive, and he did tell the St. Louis Riders that he had mild symptoms. There you go. So that kind of tells you what's going on. So I know in New Jersey, their team, almost their whole team has it. Their games have been canceled. And then there's other situations like the Washington Capitals where four players didn't really test positive but had to be put into uh, COVID um, quarantine and the team was forced to play. So there's different situations. Right now, Minnesota and uh, Colorado are having positive tests. And we know this, and while they're just saying they're in the COVID protocols, we know they're having positive tests. That's why those games are canceled. I'd rather them be canceled and us play them right. It does set up an interesting thing for the Northern teams, because right now not one Northern team's game has been canceled or rescheduled. That's going to make it easier down the stretch when all the teams below the border are going to be crunched. Could give Canada an advantage. We don't know. We'll see. Um, like I said, points percentage is going to come into play because there's a good chance not every team plays 56 games, and that's what the NHL used last season for the bubble, and it'll be what they use again this season. If the teams don't all play 56 games, they're going to go to points percentage. Bear that in mind when you look at the standings. So, I want to say I want to say one thing out to the Blue Notes uh, Blue Notes podcast. You know what? I got you. I know you guys have your own group, the Blue Notes Bunch, and you, you're getting some people in it. I know people from my group are in there. But if you've got people in your group that are not in my group and they want to represent you, go for it. We're going to give away this jersey signed by Brett Hall to the winner. Admins can't win. We'll figure something for the admin contest. We've got plenty of time. So, please join our Pick'em Contest. You go to stlfanreport.com. You'll find the Pick'em Contest. It asks for a password. That password is in your group. Find the password and you're good to go. Rules are also there. So, guys, this is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, saying aloha, mahalo. Please like us and subscribe to the Blue Notes Podcast. Blue Note Fan Report, and check out my website, stlfanreport.com, as I say, aloha, mahalo, and I cannot wait to catch you on the next Blue Note Fan Report and aloha commentary, I'm bleeding blue with you. All right, thanks a lot, Guy, for that Aloha commentary. And uh, nice to see some of our old friends, the Blue Angels, you know, made right here in St. Louis, as he uh, mentioned. So uh, very cool of him to do that. Of course, uh, check out his website, stlfanreport.com. He writes game recaps. And, of course, he has the Pick'em Contest going on, which we are a part of this month, uh, where you uh, try to pick the results of uh, every uh, Blues game this year, pick who has the most points, and in the end, if you have the uh, most points, you end up winning a Brett Hall signed jersey for this month. 
us, uh, uh, our groups here, uh, the Blue Notes Bunch on Facebook, as well as his uh, Hawaii Blues fan clan are in a competition this month as well. So uh, we're trying to get as many of you to uh, take part as possible. So uh, we potentially, all of us at the Blue Notes Bunch could win a prize. So um, check that out. We'll post that on the Blue Notes Bunch on Facebook, which you can find just by searching the Blue Notes Bunch or the Justin Falk Stand Club. We are the same thing. That'll get you to the same spot because it's 2021 and we have a Justin Falk stand club. Believe it, folks. Believe it. All righty. We, we, we've danced around it enough. Let's actually talk about the Coyotes a little bit more here. Let's get more in depth. We, uh, we, 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 we did our best by ourselves here, but we need to talk to some Arizona Coyotes fans here to explain why exactly they have an absolute ownage of us over the past few years. I don't get it, but we're, we're, we're going to try to get some understanding here. So let's go ahead and uh, uh, chat with them. Uh, we were guests on the sporty and with Corey and Richie show uh, the lousy Owen 13 power play. We talked about that, the poor effort. And of course we capped it all off by shoving cupcakes down our throats to mixed results. And uh, uh, I, yeah, mixed yeah. results. Mixed results mixed. is a good. It's good. A good description. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get right to it. Here is our appearance with Sporty with Corey and Richie. Greetings from the uh, <laughs> greetings from the dark side. Oh, I love it. How did how I do you it. have that and I don't? Well, I can give you my Kylo Ren version of this if you want, Wags. Uh, next time I see you, okay. You know, when, when, once this pandemic is over, we both have red stormtrooper um cups richie and i have matching ones so too, mm -hmm. too bad we don't have them on hand i have my my asu coffee cup right now so well this is uh filled with milk uh at the moment for one i'm not i'm not a big coffee drinker but it's also filled with milk because it is the best thing to drink after you choke down an entire cupcake which we will be doing ah, here in a little bit yes that is true that is true we didn't have anything to drink afterwards I'm not sure why we did it that way, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't think it through. We just thought that um, that Troll and Polly Cupcakes were insane for drinking beer afterwards. But then we were the yeah. idiots that didn't think, hey, we should probably have some type of drink <laughs> to have afterwards. So we also didn't think it through very clearly. So well, I, I think Tom and I actually did the next thing is we actually started yesterday testing what we are going to do practicing so we're talking about practice yeah wow. i don't know game. how well that's going to do for us but at least we put the effort into practice by the way you, uh, you go ahead Richard. yeah you've seen yeah you've seen some of the other guys do it right so like uh the car uh carter and uh, nate from the anaheim show did they did it um and um yes uh, nate crushed it he did a great job uh nate uh um or carter not so much uh, he really struggled, was really the worst out of everybody. So you've seen enough people do it now. I think that you have an idea of the best way to do it. So I have a feeling out of everybody that's done it so far, I think the Capitals guys set the bar really, really high. Okay. I think um, Kat from our show, she was like in third place. Uh, Corey was next, then me. Uh, so you've seen enough. <laughs> I think you guys will do great now. Well, I, I, I feel pretty good about myself because I, I bought a whole six-pack of these damn things, so that's plenty to practice with. I've only had two so far, Scout's Honor. Um, but, yeah, we're talking standard issue, 
cookies and cream cupcake from uh from schnooks our local grocery store i got Wags, what you... Deer... I, went, I got i went to deerberg's i got some Arrival. sprinkles i got some sprinkles on mine very nice very nice. Yeah, mine's, mine's got some like oreo cookie dusting on it so yeah we were working on technique and we watched the quack report and they kind of talked a little bit about the technique and you know whether you go bottom first or icing first i feel i've developed my own technique uh in two times i tried it last night it worked so we will see if the third time's the charm wags i don't think you're as confident as me though no 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 i think if anything uh mine's going to be just a straight smash into the face and see what sticks <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's a good thing we're gonna we're gonna have video of this really oh, totally. for real for real for real we're, we're trying to get wet we're trying to get wet. go ahead i was if, gonna say we're, 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 we're trying to get we're trying to get wags <laughs> we're talking over each other it's, it's the miracle of technology love it we're trying to get wags a date here and there's nothing more hotter than you know him just trying to like smash a cupcake up his nose because his technique is just off. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to say, as, as a female, I was very concerned about what was going to come out of this after Kat and I both um, shoved cupcakes in her mouth. And people were very nice, very polite about it. There wasn't anything uncomfortable. So, Good. you know, I, I feel it should be the same way. No ladies should be coming after Wags after all this. So, you know. Well, I, I actually kind of hope, hope they do come after me. I mean, I really Well, come after do. you in a good way, not in, in, in a bad way. <laughs> they shouldn't judge you, is what I'm saying. They shouldn't judge you for it. Exactly, exactly. They, they should try it themselves, yes. okay, if they think they can do it better. Exactly. It's, it's really, there's no cute way to do it, honestly. Exactly, exactly. It's really hard to do. And, uh. Of course, you know, we're doing this for Skating for Layton, which uh, mm -hmm. we will we will be making our donations uh, after the show here uh, towards that. It's a really good cause. And uh, I'm glad when we had Corey on Blue Notes last week, Richie, you pointed out Skating for Layton. It's just it seems like seems like just a really great program and a gateway, a great way to get uh, uh, female uh, uh, youths in uh, Arizona involved in the game of hockey. Yeah, thank you yeah. for bringing that up, Tom. Um, I um, So I can we can talk about it really quickly. So there's. What we're trying to do here, uh, Lindsay Fry, who is now one of the broadcasters for the Coyotes, she is essentially the um, the president, I guess, of the girls' hockey organization here in Arizona. They're called the Arizona Kachinas. And what she's going to be doing is later this month here, I believe actually in a couple weeks, she's going to be skating, rollerblading across the Phoenix Valley to essentially raise awareness for this very um, – Lena Cardo scholarship fund. And like you said, Tom, um, all this money is going to go into a scholarship fund for girls who maybe can't afford to play hockey at a young age. That's where this money is going to go is to get more girls playing the sport. The goal here is to raise $49,000 right now, as we're recording on a Sunday afternoon, they're about two thirds of the way there over $31,000 raised so far. Um, I put in my donation. I donated $49 because if you donate $49, which is was Layton's number uh, with the Kachinas, um, they sent you a really cool looking shirt um, that's got like uh, her catchphrase, skate hard, have fun, hockey fights cancer and her name on the back. It's really cool. Uh, and the links are out on our Twitter page and, and all that stuff. And it's uh, the Coyotes website too. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing this for and uh, trying to raise money for that. So it's a great, great idea, a great cause by the Coyotes. And uh, if you want to follow along, yeah, like I said, Lindsay's going to be doing the skating across the valley here later this month. So 
And to our Blue Notes viewers and listeners, we'll drop the link in our uh, description mm-hmm. as well for you to donate and check out as well. But And Wags can back me up on this. This was a cause that kind of, you know, hit home for us because, of course, we had Layla Anderson, you know, mm-hmm. you know, brave little girl, super blues fan, uh, fighting a very rare, um, uh, you know, bone marrow. Basically, she needed a, a bone marrow donation to, for to save her life, essentially. She got it. She's doing great nowadays. She's actually playing hockey herself now, which is great. She's like 10 or 11 years old. And it's it was cool to see her like, you know, suit up and, you know, skate on the ice. And, uh, you know, it was just when we heard about Layton's story, it just kind of like brought back those old Layla memories for us. Oh, Layla and then can't forget about Ari as well. Before that, that's right. Great connection with uh, with Vladimir Tarasenko. And I actually believe it was with the trip where they played in Arizona that she was a part of that uh, during the casino night. Uh, Tarasenko bought that package so Ari could go with him as well. So uh, Ari, Layla, any other kid that that gets this kind of support and has to go through these sorts of things, we we want to do our best to support them as much as possible. Absolutely love it. Thank you guys for joining in with us, and thank you for suggesting to um, do this in the first place because it's um, it's very unfortunate that um, you know she's no longer with us. So um, anything we can do to keep that memory going is the greatest thing we can possibly do. And, and now that you mentioned that, like, is there a bias with like the blues of bringing, doing special nights when they go to Arizona? Because I feel like they do father's night in Arizona, like every single year, like even I've been in the um, uh, downstairs there where the uh, locker rooms are in like, you know, you have like a whole mob of dads just waiting for their, players every single and I feel like it's like every single time they're in Arizona. I don't know why they choose Arizona. Maybe they just really like being in Scottsdale. I don't know, but like it's gotta be the I golf. Feel like there's bias. Golf. Yeah, know. golf. Lots of golf. Yeah. yeah. Well golf in Canada. <laughs> and I, I think the macro reason is because, you know, it helps make those West Coast road trips a little more bearable, I guess, for the players. I think the micro reason, though, is to give the players something to smile about because they always get the shit kicked out of them by the Coyotes every single freaking time. So it, it gives us something to, you know, actually feel good about when we go to Arizona. So in other words, you're <laughs> not feeling good about the past two games. No, no. And Wags can verify that it's been it, playing the Coyotes is pain. E- e- even the game we won last week felt like pulling teeth. I mean, it's just, I don't know what it is about the Coyotes wags. They just, they, 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 they just, they stuff us in a locker every time we see them. I don't know if it's the style of play or, you know, going back to the conversation we had last week with Corey, I mean, it's the frustration level. I think yeah. if, if the Coyotes get under your skin. They frustrate you. They don't back down. And that's something I think the blues pride themselves on is they don't back down. They try to get underneath your skin. And that's what you know, the Coyotes have done to the Blues. They get under their skin. They don't look at the Blues and go, oh, we should be scared of you. It's, no, we're going to compete with you, and we're going to get under your skin, and we're going to drive you absolutely fucking nuts <laughs> for the entire game. And that, and, that, and that's exactly what they do. Eight, they're, Coyotes are 8-4 and four against the Blues. Or actually, 8-3. Actually I'm sorry. 8-3 and three over the last 11 games. And you outscored us 38-23, to 23, which, is, uh, which is suboptimal. For, for the for blues fans. Wow, that's tough to do for the Coyotes. I feel like they're not the highest scoring of teams. So that's that's pretty impressive to have that kind of a goal differential against a team that won the Stanley Cup two years ago. Like that makes me really happy for the next three games. You know, it well, seems like it seems like no matter what sport it is, every team just has that one canker sore that they just can't deal with, you know, every time they face them. Like when I 
When I did public address for the University of Notre Dame soccer, for instance, I remember walking into the press box pretty excited that, oh, we're going to take on Northwestern today. You know, we, you know, they're a pretty, you know, lousy program. We're going to kick their ass right. And everyone in the press box looked at me like I was insane. And then lo and behold, Northwestern beat Notre Dame that night two to one. It just, for some reason, Notre Dame can't face can't beat Northwestern. Even though Northwestern is a very middling program and Notre Dame's always like top 25. It's just, it's weird how teams have those teams that shouldn't own them, but they do. And it's, I, I, I just, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out at all. Well, that's actually, it's, it's quite nice for us to be honest with you because oh, of sure. how many uh, scoring lulls the team has had. And the fact that, you know, I told you in, when I went on your show that one of my biggest problems was Clayton Keller. And Clayton Keller came out of last game with a goal and an assist. So I am uh, quite happy about that. So yeah. it, it took him going to uh, his hometown in order to finally show up. So we're quite excited about the fact that the something can actually get the Coyotes going in a forward motion. And it always seems to be you guys. And it's interesting, Wags, that you said that um, their style of play, because there is a very similar style of play between the Blues yes. and the Coyotes, and you have to wonder if that's why there is an ability to frustrate them in the fact that they're playing a team that's essentially, uh, they don't have as much size, but it is essentially the same team style of play team as them. Yeah, it's kind of weird, Wags, and you kind of explained this, like, you know, the Predators give us trouble, and they play a similar style. Dallas gives us trouble and they play a similar style. It's like if if, if we're we're playing if we're playing the mirror image of ourselves, Wags, we have issues. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. I mean, you see that every time. If you have a mirror, you're you're basically doing the same thing. I, I'm a huge Futurama fan, and there was an episode where they go into a, a separate universe, and Leela is beating, her, trying to beat herself up, but they're doing the exact same thing. So all they're doing is just hitting each other's fist. That's exactly what it feels like when you play these teams that have the same style. You're basically hitting each other in the same exact spots and nothing is really getting done. One team will eventually make an adjustment and something will crack. A goal will slip in like that Keller goal yesterday. And it, that's the difference in the game. It's not like these games are like wildly outscoring one way or the other. Yeah, a couple of them have been. For the most part, they're like one goal games. So it's really just that one small moment that happens that pushes the game one way or the other because these two teams are so similar. And another thing that helps is the fact that the Blues power play right now is an absolute mess. I mean, what happened in the offseason, their their power play guru from last season, uh, Mark Savard, uh, the former Boston Bruin, he decided that he wanted to spend more time with his family, and he decided to resign. He hasn't popped up anywhere else you know, since. And he had the Blues power play running like an absolute machine last year, and they were like top five in the league last year. Everything was clicking. Now we're the third worst in the NHL without him. We have Jim Montgomery, the former uh, Dallas Stars coach, running it. It's clearly not working. And against the Coyotes, the Blues were 0-13 on the power play against the Coyotes. They are 4 for 40 overall. That's not going to get it done. And it's, it's you know, as, as much as I, I think the, the Coyotes' style of play played into these last couple of games, there's also... I think the blues are having some fundamental issues, you know, in terms of um, there, there's a bit of a motivation issue. I think with some players, uh, coach Bruby's called out not directly, but has called out some players for uh lackadaisical play. That's his word. Um, there's that issue. And then it's just, 
this team is talented. I mean, they've they they're not. If you look at the look at the record in the standings, they're still doing fine. But it's just I feel they're kind of getting by on talent and talent alone. the The effort has been kind of lacking there in some areas, and it's uh, uh, I can tell Ruby's getting frustrated. Uh, Corey, can we we should discuss the Coyotes PK for a minute? Because um, I was really worried about it coming into the season. And I, I don't think, Corey, I don't think we talked about it leading up to this season as much as some other things. But between last season and this season, the Cowboys lost two of their best penalty killers in Michael Grabner and Derek Stepan, right? Grabner's still a free agent, hasn't signed on anywhere. And Derek Stepan wants out of Ottawa already and wants to come back, you know, <laughs> to the West Coast here already um, to be closer to his family. I don't blame him. They just had a, yeah. a, a new baby here recently too. So I was worried about how the penalty kill would look this season because there's, there was so much change there. And and Bill Armstrong, the new GM obviously wants to really remake this team and remake the image of the team to be a little bit more harder edge, a little tougher, a little harder to play against basically kind of in a way modeled after his tenure with the blues, I think in, in a way so that you guys know that that style that, Bill Armstrong, I think, wants to bring to the Coyotes. And so the Coyotes have played some really talented power plays this year, right? They've played the Golden Knights for four games, and now they played the, the St. Louis Blues for three. So set, half their season has been against teams with really tan- talented players up front on their power play, and they've stopped them, right? The Coyotes' PK is top five in the league. They have the best road penalty kill in the entire NHL, and it's – I can't believe they've been this good with how many changes they've been through. And, and Corey, over the last couple of games, even, they've lost a couple of their penalty killers. And Lawson Krause and Christian Fisher have been out of the lineup against all three games against St. Louis. And they're two pretty big keys in terms of their their penalty kill, especially Lawson Krause. He's, I think he's a really great penalty killer. And the fact that they were able to not allow a power play goal the entire – the first three games of the series is – Really, you could you could make an argument that that's the biggest reason the Coyotes were able to win because there were several times in the course of those those the three game series so far where if the Blues score a power play goal, right? Because like you talked about, for the most part, those last two games the Coyotes won, they were one goal games, right? So if the Blues are able to score one of those power play goals and either get the lead, get the lead in any one of those games, the game changes, I think, and then you force the Coyotes to to play that style that they're not good at, which is chasing the puck everywhere because you're down a goal. Whereas, you know, when they're up, like we saw in in that third game on on a Saturday, when the Coyotes are, are they have that lead, they're able to continue to play that style, and and they did it perfectly well. But I, I mean, Corey, I think the the penalty kill has really been one of the most impressive things about the Coyotes this year, other than of course the short leash line, which oh mm, my god, I can watch them for. For days, the short leash line is what we call the line of Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, and Connor Garland. They have been just oh, mm, oh my god, they're sexy. They're so fun to watch. Uh, who was it? Was it, I think it was Jeremy Roenick was actually tweeting out about how underrated uh, Connor Garland is uh, yesterday, and it, it's so accurate. He's completely underrated, I think, in the NHL, and the fact that he has performed so well for this team. And as I was saying, like on your guys' podcast, he is kind of carrying the energy of this team this season. And it's um, really amazing to see that line and seeing how they all work out and everything. But speaking of Twitter, one of the things that had popped out before the game 
um, yesterday, as, as we're recording on Sunday, um, the Andrew from um, Vegas Nightly. I always feel like it, I always forget if it's the, the like the, it's Vegas Nightly, right? They they had that whole weekly thing for uh, at one point. And so um, I believe I believe I believe they're the douche canoes. <laughs> the douche canoes. Yes, the ones that I that, that were in the douche canoe um, had tweeted at us saying that they were rooting for us um, for their own personal benefit. And yeah. you gave me a platform to um, spread some ill will amongst um, THPN. So I want to give you some space for that since you were basically called out in that situation. You know, it is adorable seeing new uh, fans of hockey uh, trying to, you know, lay down some chirps and, you know, trying to lay down some snipes. And they're they're trying to get under our skin here in, in St. Louis. And... Uh, as we have a plane coming through here, it's somewhere. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's. Here's the thing with the Vegas Knightly guys. Okay, they 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 took our captain, they took our star defenseman this offseason, Alex Petrangelo. They're kind of cocky about that, but at the same time, we signed Tori Krug from Boston this offseason, replaced him, and you know what? Based on the performance so far at this point of the season, I will take Tori Krug over Alex Petrangelo. Eight points in 12 games. He's a plus 10 for the Blues. Petro, 4.7 games, plus two. And oh, yeah, he got COVID as well. So, uh, you know, advantage Blues in that regard there. Now, I, as, far as, as far as Andrew goes, look, he, he's going to try to get under our skin all season long. And we're just, we're, Wags, we're not going to take the bait on this, are we? No, because I, I, I've got, one thing, and there's really only one thing that you need to say about this. Uh, Tom, t- turn around and point to that banner you have behind you. Oh, you mean you mean yeah. this one here? See, we Stanley got Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, we, yeah. we actually we actually won it when we went there, unlike Vegas. And, and they had to take the captain of that team to prove that they might actually have a chance at getting back there. So, you know what? I, I, we've got the banner. We've got the cup. That, that's all that really needs to be said about that. And until you win one, you're you're right behind us. Sorry. Because just like the federal government, throwing money at your problems always solves everything. Um, first thing I want to ask you guys about, I want to get your opinion on, is the only reason the Coyotes and Blues are playing six games in a row to begin with is because the NHL can't get its head out of its ass when it comes to its COVID protocol. So I, I'm curious what you guys think. Like, is the what can the NHL do? to try and fit this entire season in without missing any games because Corey and I talked about this on our last show too, that it's just, they're fucked, right? Cause there's no way in hell some of these teams are going to be able to get in all 56 games. You're going to have teams that are playing five, six games more than everybody else. So yeah. the only thing you can really do is go off a of points percentage and uh, it's, it's just a whole ass mess. And you know, damn well, there's going to be more cancellations because it's just yeah. not going to get any better. It's because the schedule is so condensed anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's really tough. And I'll let Wax take this one, but I'll just note that the Blues are the only team in the league this year that has not had anyone on the COVID protocol list. Dude, where's Yet. the where, – where, you, you can't do that, man. We yeah. got, where's the wood? <laughs> do you have no wood in there? I mean, come on. I'll, I'll knock for you. Here, I'm looking at a wooden desk. Oh, there. Man. there you go. I, I, knocked, I knocked on it for you. Look, look at look but as richie said wax it, it's gonna happen it at is. some point it, it is you gotta accept it but then again keep in mind a, a few blues players at least i think six of them 
had COVID during the Canucks series when they, and, and they returned to play and they were kind of they they did not play very well. So maybe the team, most of the teams had it already. We just don't know. Yeah, but I, I believe everything after 90 days, you get you're susceptible to getting it back again. So the fact that we're that pa- far past it, don't yeah. ruin my narrative like that. <laughs> the, the thing we've dealt with this here in St. Louis, though, because of the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals went through the same sort of thing where they lost a bunch of the season. They ended up getting into the playoffs because of percentage points. They didn't play. Billikens, Billikens are having the same issue. Uh, the, the Blues even. I mean, they had COVID in the bubble. So we've all gone through this. And I, I think the thing that you had to realize is that we should never have gone into this season expecting a complete full season. And it's not so much that they're doing things wrong or, or anything like that. Everybody's going to get it at some point. It's going to, it's going to hit you whether you're doing everything correctly or something incorrectly. It's somehow it's going to find its way in. And we just have to realize that the, it, the season's not going to end fully. It, it's going to be percentage points. Everybody's going to have some sort of effect of it at some point this year. We just have to, to live with that. And really it's about stopping the widespread thing, you know, limit it, contain it. The Marlins, the Cardinals, they had widespread COVID outbreak. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens had the same sort of thing. But if you're able to kind of contain that and mm-hmm. stop that spread among other teams, you're going to be okay. It, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be pretty. But they're going to get enough games in to make the season at least worthwhile. Uh, yeah, they're taking away the the glass from behind the benches. I mean, really, what's that going to do? Yeah, it's going to open up some circulation, but in all honesty, you're removing one particle of glass. What, what's really that going to do? So I don't know if there's anything that the NHL can really do that's going to prevent it from happening again. I, I think we just have to just live with the fact that it's kind of out of our hands and, and just do the best that we can. Do the do the recommended things. You know, wear a mask when you're around people. Wash your hands. Whether you believe what you're doing is going to stop it or not, if these are the recommendations, at least just say, hey, I'm going to do it when in public. If they don't want to do it in private, that's on them. And if they get sick, that's on them. But when you're the face uh, of an organization, a league, your role models, at least just do the the small basic things. And at least you can say you did what you can. And if it hits you, it hits you. It's just the world we're living in right now. But at the same time there, I do feel that some teams have a lot of pressure on them to get the season in like, you know, and you're still going to get some bad actors and things that happen that, you know, they could have curbed it earlier, but didn't like, for instance, Vegas, you know, the, during the uh, game, the Tuesday game against uh, Vegas, uh, they had to bring in the Henderson Silver Knights coaching staff to coach that team. And then the GM was the head coach of that team because the entire coaching staff had COVID, but they still went ahead with the game. And thankfully, it was only Petro that got caught into the uh, the COVID protocol the whole team seems to be fine now, but it's like to like looking back on that now, it's like that really risky to do that because the coaching staff's going to be around the players. And if they're if they all got if they all have tested positive for COVID, it's just really, really responsible, uh, irresponsible of them to play that game going forward. And unfortunately, we're I think we're in a league and I think we're in a world right now where it's like you, you almost need bad actors like that to learn from and, and learn from our mistakes going forward. Um it's unfortunate that we have to be like that, but it's just, again, combined with the pressure of getting a something that resembles a season in, um, I, I think you're still going to have some issues like what happened with Vegas and the potential spread. 
But like you said, though, they they learned from it as well. You know, the coaching Hopefully. staff, they, they still played the game. But after we after that happened, we've seen a bunch more cancellations with just even vague contact tracing issues or things like that. Some of the other yeah. games that were canceled, they never even got the, the series started. So I think you can actually take a look at that and go, look, this is what they tried. They thought they could make it work. It didn't. Well, now we're going to be extra cautious. And if there's even a hint of it, we're going to kind of postpone things and and move the schedule around. And yeah, the schedule's compact, but it's not as compact as what the Major League Baseball schedule was like last year, where teams are playing almost every single day. There's still room to make this work. There's still ways to move, maneuver things around to get most of these games in. It's once again about stopping the spread as much as possible. So yeah, you may have a, a week or two where five, six teams may have their games canceled. But because there's still a little bit of wiggle room in the schedule, you're going to be able to make it up. Yeah, you may have a bunch of weeks where you have teams playing four of the six or seven, four to five days during that week, but at least you can still technically get it in. Yeah, that's, that was one of the things that was interesting when the, everything first came down. Richie and I were talking about it, and, and Richie was saying, you know, um, that someone was, was coming to him and saying that, like, with so much padding that is involved in. In hockey, wouldn't it be harder for the spread? And and my first response was, well, what's the one thing that they're telling everyone to do, which is wear a mask? And what is the one part of your body that's not covered up in hockey? It's your face. So um, if someone on a team gets it, it's very difficult in a sport like hockey to not spread it, basically, because you're breathing all over people all the time. And um, it's going to be something that the, the league is going to have to deal with. Um, there's always the idea of, I guess, the league possibly get uh, vaccines, but then I guess that always ends up going into the fact of would people want to get the vaccine? Um, how quickly could they get them out? And would that be taking it away from other people? And would that be a bad PR move on the league? So that, uh, before we get into the cupcake challenge, I wanted to kind of pose that to you guys and uh, one other question. So what what do you guys think of that whole idea of, vaccines being issued to players in order to try and help stop the spread? Do you think it would actually do anything? Would it be more of a bad PR move on the league's part? What do you think? I I think that it would, while it would be ideal for the league and the players to get as many people, uh, many of its, their own vaccinated as possible. And we're, we're dealing with a massive vaccine shortage nationwide though. And they would effectively be skipping the line over, you know, the more vulnerable parts of our population. And I think it would send a very bad message to, you know, not just, you know, uh, you know, America, but really, you know, Canada as well and, and hockey fans everywhere that, hey, if you've got the money and if you've got a priority, you know, that isn't health related, you can jump the line, too, and you can get vaccinated. I think it'd be a really bad message. I think it'd be very irresponsible. And I've always said for the longest time, hockey players are the most blue collar, normal, down to earth people that are professional athletes. And I can guarantee you, even if they wanted to have the vaccine, I think a good majority of them would say, look, I don't want to have that perception of being someone that's jumped the line to be able to play a sport, to make millions of dollars, to, to support my family. They're, they're getting paid. That, that's what it is. Whether they play or not right now, they're getting paid. So I think they're going to want to run the, you know, take the risk in a sense of being able to provide some entertainment from people, still be able to provide for their family and and do their best to protect themselves. I mean, I, I do know one guy that probably won't get the vaccine even if it was offered. And that's, you know, Mr. D'Angelo over in San Jose, <laughs> but that's a, that's a whole nother, th that's a whole nother story. So yeah, I, I think it'd be a bad move. Uh, it'd be a bad look. The, the only way I could see it being something that they would do is if, 
by them getting a vaccine, just like the, the COVID test in the bubble, for every COVID vaccine that goes out, five additional vaccines go to somebody that actually, you know, needs it. If, if they were able to some way parlay that, that for one vaccine for a player, five people that may not have been able to get it right now would be able to get it. If they could find some way to work that out, but because of that vaccine shortage, that's not even anywhere close to reality. Exactly. I, I just, I just think the players should try to soldier through this season as, as much as they can. As Wax said, you know, wash hands, social distance, be responsible, wear a damn mask, don't go partying, you know, in between games or anything like that. And, you know, they're, they're, Johnson and Johnson's vaccine, it's a one shot or it's about to hit them and they're about to get FDA approval. You're going to get more vaccines as the year goes on. And if you're hoping to have a normal 2021, 22 season, you know, that starts, you know, at around the normal time, hopefully by then there'll be enough vaccine to where they can get in on it, you know, because eventually the supply is going to catch up to demand. It's just, you know, the rollout's been kind of slow, but now you're going to have another vaccine on the market. I think it would be the best in their best interest, you know, not just from a personal move, but a PR move to wait like everyone else. And um, on a bit of a lighter note. So since we (laughs) um, are going to, see each other six times in a row it's basically like we are playing for the stanley cup and i had made a joke about the fact that we we may want to name this thing like in the very Mm. end what would you name it the keller cup that was that was mine that was mine too yeah we have two votes for the keller cup what do you got wags oh i mean that that sounds pretty damn accurate i mean i I, at this point right now i'm 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 having trouble on the spot thinking of something but go ahead i I, got another one there's also the Kachuk Cup. Because, that doesn't roll off, that doesn't roll off the tongue. But that, but right. It sounds like you're choking. Kachuk in general doesn't roll off the tongue very well. We had to the, deal with him for years. The Gold Schmidt Cup. Mm, but it's but that's that, it, it's that's baseball though. That'd be you know if the if the Cardinals and D backs from that situation, definitely. Definitely. Exactly. Thank you to the NL West because yeah, the really. NL God, West is God like so much you. for us. God bless every one of you, seriously, for being so generous. Not just give us your best players, but give us money for taking yeah. your best players. What the fuck is Colorado doing? Oh I my god. We'll save that for the know. save that for the baseball podcast, but Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, we're ready for some Arenado here in St. Louis for sure. The St. Louis is where ground balls go to die, thanks to Arenado and Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are two go Glovers right there. All right, are you are you guys ready? Uh, we're right, getting close to the. All right, we we oh. we we've danced around it enough, Wags. Dang. This is this is this is the moment of truth. Yeah, put them put them full screen, Corey. Get rid of us. Ah. Yeah. Oh boy. You have to remember that I have to now remember how to do this. <laughs> how do I do it with just the two of them? I don't, I don't just, know. Just, I just, think you just have to remove yourselves. Yeah, hover oh, over your oh, icon and oh, there you go. Damn good job. Oh boy. All right. Floor is ours. We, Are you right? we Yeah, we 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 can't botch this now. So ah. All right. All right. All right, here we go. Again, I, again, just just in case, you know, for the socials here uh, when we cut this later, cookies and cream from Schnooks. Yours is just a generic chocolate white frosting and sprinkles on top. All right, and then uh, what? How's your entry? What? What? What's your technique? I think I'm gonna go icing in first, and I'm just gonna shove it in. Okay, I'm doing what I call the wedge, okay. which is it will be eventually icing first, but it'll start like around here and then tip in. So All here right. we go. Uh, cheers, wax. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you, Wax. I really am. Oh, <laughs> Rich is going to be waiting for the audio podcast. I, I, think we, <clears throat> I think we have to do every show like this now. Yeah. Totally. Oh, hello, man. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. Need <laughs> mm. oh. milk. Mm, water it is. Wow. Darth Vader saved me. Thank you, Darth, for being a friend. Oh. All right. We did it. <laughs> Darth Vader and <laughs> being a friend. Can you imagine Darth Vader <laughs> set to the Golden, Go- Golden Girls theme song? <laughs> oh, God. That, that, that would be like a Soka Tano show. <laughs> Thank you for being my, my uh, mentor. <laughs> oh, is it as bad as it looked? <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. right. someone may find that some to be some like ASMR or something right there. It was just literally <laughs> like uh, cupcake chewing because you guys had your mic so close. It was actually kind of great. It was pretty funny. Richie and I were laughing pretty hard actually. There that we go. That was actually both of you guys did a great job. Um, Wags, I think, kind of did what I did, which was it was kind of tough to fit everything in. So you like I had to stuff it in. Yep. So that's a that's a nice move. Um, and then yeah, Tom, I think that you. That was great. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of took the approach of it, like trying to like move a couch in a very tight hallway, like in a tight pivot. angle. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Yes, yeah, and that, that's that's yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it worked. Luckily, it worked. I did not get any sort of frosting on my face, so I feel that I have, um, I feel I deserve a gold star for to, that. To be honestly. fair, to be fair. It almost looked like you didn't have a whole lot of frosting on yours. Mine was loaded with frosting. I think you got lucky in the sense that you had light icing on yours. Just just a, a point of contention on my part. Well, draw send your complaints to the <laughs> Schnooks Bakery Department, you know, okay, for that one, okay. I I took what they gave me, okay? I could you know, ne- next time next time we do this, I'll like I'll like spray some uh um, ready whip or uh, something. Like yeah. So, yes, exactly. Some ready whip on it next time to make you happy. How about that, Wags? <laughs> That'll work. I said that's remember, a good point because cupcakes, friend. So watch the cupcakes. Them. Corey and I had were were very icing heavy. There was a lot of icing on there. I was looking for the cupcake that had like just an, an insane amount of icing, but turns out that cupcakes are kind of popular in St. Louis this time of year for some reason. So didn't <laughs> well, find yeah. any. Deerberg's had a bunch of the Jillies cupcakes, so like the, the the gourmet ones. The, I mean, oh, yeah. these are, these things are like as big as your yeah. head kind of that's cupcakes. What look, that's what I was looking for, and they and Schnucks didn't have any. You got to go to Deerberg's, man. Yeah, I guess I guess there we go. If you're watching on Blue Notes and you're listening to St. Louis area Deerberg's over Schnucks Bakery Department, there you go. That's our yeah, so congratulations, guys. And there's the there. That's that's what we're doing this for right there. Yep. Scale for Layton. We'll make our donations here after the show and. Uh, uh, glad to do it. And the key is you have to swallow the frosting before you ever start going and trying to eat the cake. I discovered yeah. that when I did it was because uh, otherwise there's there's too much going on there. You, and but although you could have done it the way the cat did it, she like separated it into two halves and then put it in her cheeks like a like a chipmunk. Interesting. So kind of like the uh, the the Kobayashi hot dog thing, where like at the Nathan's <coughs> um, hot dog eating contest, he snaps it in half and then kind of does it like that. I didn't even know that was an option. So I'll have to remember that. 
Yeah. So that was, I, I went for swallowing the frosting first and then just going after the cake, which, which I feel like was the second best option. Um, and then cats was probably the most efficient putting in her cheeks. Um, I don't know if Richie had a plan or if he just went for it. I don't know. <laughs> Did you? I no, I didn't have a plan. I just, I just stuffed it all in there and did my best to chew everything. That's the perfect guy answer right there. Didn't have without, a plan, just went for it. Without choking. No instructions. Uh, I, think I, I think I did a pretty good job of it, but. Yeah, you survived. I mean, that, that, that's, what, that's what counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did, I did two challenges within a week. Because um, I'm assuming you guys saw the Choco challenge I did. Oh, man, that was oh, rough. Oh, yeah, that was rough. And uh, I almost died, but uh, I'm glad I'm <laughs> here. For, for real? <clears throat> Excuse me. He well, he started going. You could tell because Richie's relatively like, like calm when he's doing stuff like this. He'll he'll sit there and he'll just be like, "Oh, this, this isn't bad. This, this this just tastes like chocolate." He just kind of does one of those, and then all of a sudden, you just started hearing him go, "Ooh, ooh, this is hot." This it looked is like hot. And you could it, see the panic on his face. Like it slowly it, started to get worse. If you had the sound out for that, you would think that Richie was giving birth for 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 a moment there. <laughs> Man. It, was, it, it, yeah. it, it looked, it looked well, like it looked like he was having contractions. <laughs> Congrats he on your new baby, Richie. Going down quick. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh man, yeah, uh, you're, you're you're braver man than we are on that one. I, I will I will concede that to you. Uh, yep. We 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 will pass on the Chaco challenge. Well, I we think. got we've got medical reasons why we can't do that. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's that, true. That, that's what we're hiding behind. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're playing the medical card on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I, I if it even says that in the warnings. You read the warning, Corey, right when we were doing it, and it was like, do not do this if you have any medical issues or something. Yeah, so, yeah, it says. Um, it said pregnant breastfeeding. So I asked him first if he was pregnant or breastfeeding. So you were close on the whole baby thing. And then um, and then it said if you have any, I think, serious medical conditions. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and he asked, does it specify? And I said no. And he's like, because he was saying that basically he had some mental issues for doing this challenge in the first place, which I can't disagree with. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to argue against that. <laughs> but it raises it raises money for a good cause once again. So I mean, for for those idiots like us that do these sorts of things, it it goes to help those that are less fortunate, and people get a laugh out of it too. I mean, we've got a local radio show here that does stuff like this all the time. They do the Choco Challenge. They've done uh, what the 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 jelly beans with the the different you know the good and bad tasting stuff. Like they do all a whole bunch of that stuff. So we get a lot of that here in St. Louis. Then they do the you know, then they do the one chip challenge as well. Yeah, they did the one chip challenge as well. The jelly bean thing is kind of mean. Like my mom used to do it with her fourth graders to like to see. I forgot what it was supposed to teach them. It's supposed to be teaching them something about like um, how you can like expect one thing and be another. Like it was supposed to be according to like some like book they were reading or something. And like she would do it every single year where she would give them like the nasty tasting jelly beans. And I was like, this is so cruel. And she's like, well, it teaches them a lesson, doesn't it? Like you you'll know not to like just assume something after this and i was like okay uh, i thought it was don't take candy from strangers but that could be it that could work too that could be it too have you guys ever seen the one about tim hortons and the canadians that's what their version of it is like the video where they have uh giving tim hortons to kids instead 
By the way, one warning about the uh, uh, cupcake challenge. Um, it, it, first of all, I recommend it, it for most anyone, <laughs> unless you have diabetes. Second of all, beware of like the rogue piece of cupcake that stays in the back of your throat, because that's why I've been coughing, you know, uh, sporadically the last couple minutes. There's like a piece of cupcake that's back there, and I can't get it out. I think I actually, I think I just. I'm the same way. Yeah. So be careful. Be careful. Safety. First. That's why you have teeth, everybody. You can chew. But not when like like ninety five percent of the cupcake is behind your teeth. It's you know I mean your teeth are in the front of your mouth, not by your throat. <laughs> it's a crab hands swing your mouth shoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I I think we. By the way, we need to challenge someone, Wags, because we we, oh. we, need, we we need to pass the buck here. So uh, we know the Quack Report's done it. We know the Caps guys have done it. Who should we challenge on this one? Who who do you think is a good one? Who who do we want to see make fools of themselves? Uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah. Douche canoe. It's time to get in your douche canoe and do the cupcake challenge. Vegas weekly nightly. Do it. I dare you. All right. And thanks a lot, Corey and Richie, uh, for having us on. And again, we took part in uh, the cupcake challenge and we we're challenging the uh, uh, assets. I meant uh, guys at the uh, Vegas Weekly Nightly podcast uh, in the THPN Cupcake Challenge. We are skating for Layton. We'll drop the link in the description in this episode for where you can donate. We'll make our donations here uh, after we are done recording here. And it's a way to, they're trying to get um, young female uh, Arizona, Ar Arizonians, I guess you would call them, uh, to play yeah. hockey. I think that's right. I think Arizonians uh, is the right terminology. Exactly. So as we said during the show, you know, like, you know, Layla stole our hearts here in St. Louis and then they had Leighton down there to steal their hearts. Although, unfortunately, she lost her battle uh, with cancer. So they're doing a great thing in honor of her. And we're glad to uh, be a part of that. Also, a quick programming note, whether we play the wild Thursday or not, we will hopefully have at least one member of the soda pod on for our Thursday episode to complete our Western Division road trip. This will be the last team that we have to uh, have on our show here. And uh, um, whether or not that happens, it'll be either Isha Jerome or uh, a guy that goes by the name of State of Hoppy, uh, who is a uh, he's a beer expert in, in Minnesota. And he also loves hockey. So we'll have one of them, at least one of them, um, talking about how the Wild kind of reboot from here. They've been out of action for a couple of days because of COVID. Uh, and then a week from Thursday, we will talk to Jack Ferrara, the assistant brewer of Center Ice Brewery here in St. Louis. I'm going to check in and see how they're doing as they and so many other small businesses have to deal with the pandemic. Uh, Jack is also their hockey guru, so he'll be in for some uh, hockey talk next week as well. Uh, that'll be uh, next Thursday right here on Blue Notes. And that's going to do it for this week. Wags, any final thoughts? Uh, just ready to not play the Coyotes anymore. Uh, and I'm actually ready to try some of this center ice beer. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. So when we get a chance to do that interview with uh, Jack, I am ready and willing to try some new beer. I I, uh, I have some old arena lager and I have some of their cider as well. Both I really highly recommend. By the way, you got some cupcake on here. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, around uh, here. Yeah, uh, there yeah, you go. There. Okay. Got it. All right. Got it. Got it. Good. Good. Ladies, he's clean now. It's Still single. Fine. Still single. I, gosh, man. Ladies. Date Wags. Hashtag Date Wags. He will, he will eat an entire cupcake for you, okay, in one bite. Everybody knows the rules.
And that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me, there is no WAGS, and there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. Don't eat a cupcake all at once unless you are willing to risk your dignity and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.